and Livingston are there. David Martindale's winning machine just keeps rolling on. What a story it is. And the Libby Lions. Welcome back to another edition of uh, The Inspiration. Me, Stephen Rowe. Me, Mark Cochran. Today we've got... David Martindale. David Martindale, uh, Livingston manager. So thanks very much for letting us come in today, David. No problem. Appreciate that. No problem. Just, uh, I know you've got a busy schedule with the, yep. the league season started now. So, so you've got Rangers at the weekend. Yep. Go to the game tonight. So I'll go to the game tonight and see what kind of shape they play in the personnel. But I don't expect many changes going into Saturday, to be fair. Um, Mick need a big result tonight, so if they get the result that they're all hoping for, I don't think he'll change too much going into Saturday. Yeah, it's uh, obviously they, they lost at the weekend, so... You look like a Celtic fan. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> that, that was a big no, smile. A, that was a uh, big smile. I'm an East Coast boy, mate. Uh, yeah. I am. I was a Dundee United fan growing up. So Are you? Aye. That's why I got booed at Dundee and not because he was bad at football. No, I signed for Dundee at 17. It was YTS. Dundee, Dundee, not United. And eventually ended up at United as well, so bit of a turncoat. No, a so, United fan was a United fan growing up yeah so unlucky um, aye that's it so <laughs> my uh, my days now I kind of spent watching a bit of junior football which obviously oh, yeah. which Good. Uh, Good. You, you've come through quite an inspiring story so aye. Yeah. maybe you could tell us a wee bit about your junior background before you got to yeah so kind of I'd played amateur most of my days but all the junior teams always wanted us to go but kind of stuck in the scheme stuck where I played with my pals like kind of Pub football, amateur, so played pub amateur football on the Saturday, pub football on the Sunday morning, pub football on the Sunday afternoon, and it was all kind of that group of pals, but we were really successful in terms of winning the Scottish Cup, amateur football, Scotland amateurs, but always got offered to go and play junior, but just kind of stuck to the scheme, stuck to my pals. And then when I got arrested, I kind of did a, a massive reset, and I thought, you know what, this is probably the best chance I'll have to go and play football or try and do something in football and I went to Pumferson Juniors with Scott Pittman's dad Stevie Pittman Roddy Grant some of the people who know Big Rodders boys would be in senior football and ah, kind of for years Derek McWilliams Callum Mullen was at Hibs so it was a lot of these players that had dropped back down um, so it was actually a really really good standard then when I got in prison and then when I got released Stevie Pittman Scott's dad was at Broxburn mm-hmm. and he took me along to Broxburn as a player coach and at Pumferson we pits Scott Pittman used to run about the park at half time when we were in between uh, half time he's running about in the park and then you go back at Broxburn and he's suddenly running about on the park with me as a mm-hmm. centre mid so I said it before what's anger. the age gap between that like? he's got what age is that Rory nine what age is we pits 29 20 years uh, good players 20 Very years, good. aye. Well, I done his shouting and he done my running. So. What age were you at that? What age was that? Um, 32, 36, something along the lines, maybe 33, 34, something like that. Even at, at that age, was it always coaching you were interested? Do you see yourself um, doing that after? No, I never really. I came out that. and done my equivalent of my sea license straight away in 2010. Mm-hmm. But obviously, being away, I was probably the fittest I'd ever been in my whole career. So when I came out, I mean, I was running five kilometers in 15 minutes so i was like super fat because you're doing the gym you're, you're at the gym maybe three four times a day my job when i was in prison was working in the gymnasium okay. 
So I came out and I was super fit and that was probably the one thing that kind of kept me playing in, in the centre of my area. I couldn't tackle, so I had good legs. Can't even have born here and couldn't tackle. But I had good I couldn't <laughs> drop back any further because I couldn't play centre-half and I couldn't play full-back. So, uh, aye, the legs got me a wee bit, but we patch done most of that running for me. <laughs> did, you, did you have any success at junior football as a player? A um, couple of promotions, um, cup final, but nothing. That, see, to be fair, I was only at Pumperson for 18 months, something along the lines, and then by the time I came out, I was only really playing properly for about 18 months, mm -hmm. so over that's over a eight-year period or something like that, because after 18 months at Broxburn, that's when Pitts' dad said, look, do you want to come on the coaching with me? And, and what that basically meant was, Davey, can you put out, out every fire that I start? <laughs> um, Pitts' dad honestly, some guy, some guy, but one of the best, best, best football players I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I, we, were, we were talking about that before, weren't we? I, I played junior as well before I sort of went senior. And, um, looking back, it was probably one of the most enjoyable times in my career. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're playing because you enjoy it, but you've not got that pressure, have you? Like, you're doing it for the right reasons, yeah, I feel, yeah. for football, but you're not doing it for the financial gain. Yeah. Definitely not for the financial yeah, gain. But you're doing it because you love football. And the dressing room's really important, yeah. eh? But at the time when you played, Lithgow were probably one of the most successful junior teams in East of Scotland. Uh, a great size, some great players and stuff like that. And, and obviously I went on from there and, and, and like you did as well, but I just think it was such a good sort of ground and it was a good place to yeah. enjoy well, football. Stevie Dickoff was at Pumperson with us. Uh, so Stevie came from Lithgow to Pumperson. So Stevie yeah. was kind of half coaching as well at Pumperson with us. So we had Callum Mullen, Stevie Dickoff, Stevie... Pittman, Roddy Grant, it was some really, really some good, really good some great football players. Got a story about Stevie Pittman, he actually got invited down to Alex Ferguson's house, that's how good he was. I think he was a young, he was a left back captain at East Five, but at that time East Five, I think it was all league system and they were maybe League One and that was maybe one below the Premier League. And he got invited down, he was 18 year old or something like that, scored 12 goals as a left back captain in East Five, went down to Alex Ferguson's house. And, Never lasted very long. He got caught smoking outside and in the toilet <laughs> with a window open. So Alex Ferguson's emptied them, sent them back up the road, and I think a couple of days later signed Lee Sharp. Oh, is that right? Aye, but uh, everybody. Yeah, no oh, but could tackle, aggressive, couldn't they? Uh, just. I played with the end of his career as well, but his left peg was fantastic, eh? And he could play sweeper. I remember going back to the days. It was wasn't he two centre halves? It's a centre half and a sweeper. Aye. Do you know what I mean? That's where aye. he played. That's where he played for. Aye. Them, I thought that, aye. but read the game fantastically it's well. He's still managing now. We had him in here. He was a twenties manager. He was an 18s manager. He was a B team manager, and he's he's just went back to Broxburn six months ago. Aye, okay. So he's all he's always been around the club. So then, how did you? How did your sort of uh, sort of progression from Broxburn to to Livingston happen? As an other boy, you might know through junior football, Bully McPhee. You ever came across Bully? So Bully played a lot of junior football, but Bully was quite successful. I think Bully was maybe his five as well at one point. And Bully worked here. Bully worked for a company called the Big Lottery, and he was on a secondment, so they paid for him to come and help Livingston out on the charity side of it. And I was good pals with Bully. Bully was at Broxman. As he said, look, they're looking for clubs a wee bit of a mess. They're just looking for people to go down and help. And I think you had my own construction business. And my background. You're from, you're from the area. Yeah, you're from I, the area. I, I was born in Govan, moved through here when I was eight and stayed in Livingston for 
25 years, something like that. Um, so I came down, I thought, you know what, I'll speak to the guys that were in here, spoke to them and said, look, can you help us out with a wee bit of sponsorship? And I said, well, I want something back. Mm -hmm. Can I come in a Tuesday and a Thursday morning? Aye, that should be all right. I went, okay. Came in, had a meeting with Mark Burchill, who's a Livingston boy. Yeah. Living, so, um, Burchill was in Thailand with me. Aye, I, so, I played out there. So I knew Growing probably, guy, I didn't really know Burchill, knew mm -hmm. of Burchill, but knew his brothers because we aye. all played the amateur football together. And Burchill was brilliant, so Burchill kind of vouched for me a wee bit to John McGlynn. He said, look, because Burchill was an assistant, look, he's a, I feel he's a good guy. It's not going to hurt if we get him mm -hmm. in. So I came in on a Tuesday morning and a Thursday morning and helped out for six months. Picked cones up for John and Burchill. Don't it's, whatever. Right? it's like that. It's, it's Done. a little bit just like just getting a foot in the door somewhere. I think that's, that's like that's quite inspirational. Did you see that did, at that point? Did you see you wanted to get involved, so you just kind of took that opportunity? <laughs> After six months, I'm gonna be back. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about, what about <laughs> see, to be fair, when I look back at the job at Bertie and John done under the circumstances, like people don't understand that like, it's maybe what you see on the parts ten percent of what's actually going on at the club behind the scenes. Place was a wee bit of a shambles. I put the bottom floor down, fixed signs, fixed roof, just done loads of stuff like that. And then it was suddenly for a Tuesday, you were in a Monday, John, John, it was mutual consent in the January, but she took the job and brought David Hopkins in. Mm -hmm. um, I just got on really well with Bertie and Hoppy. And he was in nearly four days a week, and I'm sitting on the bench on a Saturday helping out with warm ups. Then the strikers drills at the end, when I say that, laying the ball for the strikers, stuff like that. <laughs> um, and then, but see at, that, see, at that time, you're still treating that a lot. It's almost like junior football, a wee bit. It's bit. like you're just going in and like you're Do doing it for the love of it. I came in, right, expecting, God, this is going to be such an eye opener for me, and I found it the opposite. Uh, I found kind of what we'd done at junior clubs a lot better. Mm -hmm. The structure was a lot better, the changing room was a lot better, and I don't mean that in terms of the players' characters, yeah. just the camaraderie that was around the place, how we ran a changing room with Broxburn. We were all there for the right reasons, and some of the players that I had played with throughout my career, I'm going, they could they could play here all day long, yeah. like, without being funny. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, the amount of decent players that I've seen that have no made it, probably people like myself, you've not had the discipline, the maturity, but you've had the ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of them have you seen? That's the yeah. difference between yeah. going for the junior to the senior. Because I watch a lot of junior football at the weekend. I like going to watch East Craigie up in Dundee. Mm -hmm. And uh, they got to the Scottish Cup semi-final last year. And just watch, I'm like, it's just fine margins. There's a wee striker there. I'm like, why is he no so playing senior? No, it's definitely not ability. Like, I remember one of the best players that I've played with personally is Chris King. Kingy, you remember him? Yeah. Did you play with Breakout? Yes, I Charlie, but his brother. Oh, right, okay. I don't know if and we Chris Geddes, the Sterling Uni manager, like loads and loads of players throughout your career that for me were brilliant. And then when I came into the professional environment, I'm going, these boys could play here all day long. But I think it's your discipline, your dedication away from the park. I think you've got to give your life to football. And a junior changing room for me, we're training two nights a week. We've all got ability of some really, really good players. It's probably the other side of that that you didn't quite... Staying in on a Thursday and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Staying in on a Thursday. Going on a Tuesday, Thursday, and and if you go out on a Saturday, come back on a Saturday. Uh, like, just things like that, you're probably... The discipline's massively missing. Like, so when I played junior, I was in the gym four days a week and I was training two days a week. Mm. You came in here, it was training four days a week, gym two days a week. Mm. 
Do you know what I mean? There wasn't a hell of a lot of a difference in terms of that. But I so okay, man. There wasn't a lot is of money. That's something you've instilled the players now is the the gym life. Yeah, for me, I it think comes, it comes across watching Livy that any time that I'm like, these boys are in shape. I think there's got to be a passion for football. Mm-hmm. Like they're not here for money, right? They're definitely not here for money. So you're attracting a certain type of character. Mm-hmm. You're giving boys a chance. So they're all here. They've all got a passion to go on and do well. Whereas if we were sitting paying fifteen grand a week and the boy wasn't in the team, he's known, he's known the match day squads. I'm not so sure the appetite's quite there. Yeah, sure. So yeah. they're sitting there, they could go in there and money being a roof or a plumber or a joiner or probably anywhere else. So everybody that comes into the club's here for the right reasons. A wee bit like a dressing room at the juniors. Uh, You're there yeah. for the love of the game, the passion mm-hmm. of the game. For me, football's evolving. I, and again, I probably didn't realise that. I got a wee bit more mature and learned the game. But I think you need to be an athlete now to play modern day ah, football. Yeah, and do you know what? It's a lifestyle. It's not something you can choose to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I would, at juniors, maybe to a couple of bad defeats, you'd stay in for three, four weeks and think, I need to stay in, I need to get fat. You, you win a couple of games, you're back out the door. <laughs> so Even, it's not. I'd say back in the day, the seniors were like that as well. Like, like, it was a drinking culture. It was a drinking culture. It was a gambling culture. Even when you go back to, like, I'll use Rangers and I think. Like people like Coy, Stay, Goff, mm. all these pros, you've came out and said the dressing rooms were so important. A team that drinks together wins mm. together. And that was kind of a junior dressing room. Yeah, that was what's it, what's you know what I mean? But I don't think that is something. Now, my players, unless they're doing it behind my back, it's <laughs> a good chance. Um, but we'll give them three or four opportunities throughout the season on an international break. So let's say we're Rangers away, then we're on an international break. I'll encourage them to go out on the Saturday after the game. No, the Saturday that they're yeah, actually yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, so sure. we'll give them a wee bit of time off at that end and I'll have them in training that weekend. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I think yeah. now it's not, it's not something you can do sometimes. You've got to do it right all the time yeah. throughout the season. But you probably do need to give them that sort of, not blowout, but do you know what I mean? That wee bit of time off. Yeah, yeah, like we go away with the summer camp. We never went away in one this year. Go away in the winter camp. We'll work really hard for these six, seven days, treble quadruple sessions in the last day after the game we'll always have a game you'll let the boys go out and enjoy themselves and as long as they're back in the bus for a set time you get so I think it's important that you've still got that aspect but the amount of time that you can give them to allow that to happen I think in modern day football I, I don't think you can do it now I came through junior and I know I, like Robert was joking about but I know I was out Saturday Tuesdays do you know what I mean and if I'd not done that especially if you were a student you were out in Edinburgh and a student I'd done it so when I was at Pumperson I'd, I went to Harry Watts I played with Harry Watts on a Tuesday and we had a really good football what game what did you do uh, project management ah, okay. construction project management Um and that's why go and play on a Tuesday in the, the university cups and the university leagues out of the university found a drink missed training on a Tuesday night because I had a game uh, Wednesday train Thursday out on a Saturday and it was that party football that probably let me down 100% let me down but there's a hundred years a hundred years sitting in thousands, of, hun- boys, thousands of years sitting in pubs on a Saturday night telling the guy next to us how good we were nah, but how job. many players have you seen with less ability than players that we're talking about that have actually made it but do you know what they've dedicated their the life best, to football the best one I've seen at my my generation was uh, by Scott Robertson aye uh, is that boys Dundee, at Dundee United Dundee Dundee United he's now the youth team coach at uh, Dundee now yeah he came up to Dundee training 
came in, Duff, Jim Duffy was the manager at the time. I thought you said he was Duff. Well, he was, <laughs> no, he was Duff, tell me. She came and used to do the wee boxes and he'd be in the middle all the time, possession in the middle, murder, 18, 19 year old. And he went away to Peterhead on loan and he came back a year later and it was like a complete yeah. different player. Like hey, sh- Scott wasn't a drinker, nah. just focused. You look at Ryard and Gary O'Connor, these types of players, see if they actually dedicated their lives to football, the potential these lads so had. And they had good careers, by the way. They never had bad careers. That Hibs team is unbelievable. But again, we a different culture, and I think it comes from the culture you set within that environment. Like, I used to, when I first came to Livingston, I'd probably still be, I'd still go on a night out with my group of pals from the juniors, whatever. I don't think I've properly been a night out for eight years. Went out for a cup. I don't really drink coffee now, but I'll go out with the wife now and again. I've not been out with my group of friends. Honestly, because I can. Do you, feel, I do feel like because you're the manager no, now that you can I never do done that. it when I was a coach. Ah, okay. I don't think you can do it mentally. Like, I couldn't wake up my Sunday with a hangover, mm. which then eats into the Monday. Because you're constantly working, you're constantly thinking about I'm, football. I'm a bit like I have a business now, I can't. You can't like, do it. That puts me off going out on a Saturday night because I know I waste my It's maybe age as well, eh? Like, let's yeah, be yeah, honest, yeah, a wee bit of yeah, age yeah, there. Yeah. But, like you say, I think it's a, a, you're a product of your environment yeah, as well. Yeah, that's it. Ryardin and, and Gary O'Connor were probably in circumstances that they're friends with, and then you just get but sucked in that. I think they were the one of the last decade generation coming from that drinking culture and football oh, yeah. even look back to the England squad Butcher Gaza yeah. it, it was a drinking culture that's what was encouraged and Ryerden and that probably caught the tail end of that yeah. so they were the last of that kind of evolution where smoking and drinking was kind of <laughs> that was weird that was your generation but it was <laughs> kind of taken away you were at probably that age where it was changing I but was you didn't changing. see it changing Right Sports science, Sport science, data, piss test, well, I was actually gonna, and all that. I was actually like, going to move on today because I saw your um, thing with PLZ, was it? Uh, yeah. And I, you talked a lot about data and, and it sort of touched a, a sort of chord me because our business is very data driven on what we do and how we do it. And is that is that something that you were always interested in? Or it come along and then you've really sort of in, incorporated no, that? I think I've always been quite keen and quite innovative, if not just in football, and even in construction, I was always looking for ways to be more efficient or do things better. So when I've came into football, I'm very, very similar. Like I think I still, I'd like to think I still got a lot of old school ethics in terms of roll your sleeves up and work hard, be polite and all this type of thing. The work ethics is huge. But I'd like to see it's think we've got that modern twist also. So you're looking for that competitive edge. How do you get that at a club with not a lot of resources? We can't go in and recruit players in four, five, six thousand pounds a week. So can we use that money elsewhere to maybe the analytics, the GPS, the sports science? Like this year we've trained for tweet training week. Historically we would have been a Monday, Tuesday, off a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Now you've mm. probably been very similar environments at that, right? Similar. And but it's ingrained, that was ingrained in you. So you you done a recovery on a Monday, gym on the Monday, gym on the Tuesday, something light on a Thursday, nothing on the Friday and then in. So we've kind of tweaked that this year and again trying to think about how do we get more gym time into the players. So we're on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which getting to the Wednesdays a wee bit tiring, so we've got to watch the training loads. But we can get a huge amount of information in the three days. Mm. They're not like giving them information on a Tuesday, they're off the Wednesday, then you're trying to drip feed it on the Thursday again. I think the boys are 
Scottish will be buzzing when they get to that Wednesday. Uh, no Wednesday. Uh, well, now it is. Now it is. But do you know what? We're a wee bit more tired. So the Wednesday session can be a wee bit flatter than what historically a Thursday session would be in terms of sprint distance, just, just as an example. But I think you're more game ready on a Saturday because mm -hmm. you're no doing a half decent session on a Thursday. Uh, sure. You're doing a very similar session on a Friday. Well, we but Ah, you do get that wee bit. Yeah. So, but we've tweeted. You're just trying to look for marginal gains all over. Well, that's through your nutrition, your hydration, your sleep, your mental intelligence, your mental capability. Like psychologists try to touch on stuff like that to give the boys a framework to how to deal with setbacks. Because I've been the game very vocal on that. We we get in a good season. We win thirty three percent of our games. No. You were very fortunate at Alan Lithgow, right? Where you probably won 75, 80% of your yeah. games. So on a Tuesday night's training, yeah. the Saturday night was good. The Tuesday mm -hmm. night you're buzzing. Thursday becomes easier, Saturday sure, becomes right. easier. Mm -hmm. But when you're losing games of football at this level, it's probably about how we relate to the defeats rather than the victories. Victories take care of ourselves. Ah, sure, so we're trying to deal with all the mental side, the mental mm -hmm. framework. So I'm that's we try and look for that. Way of putting it because I'd never ever thought about it, but we were obviously at some yeah. and I, yeah, I we played in the Premier League when you were struggling. And yeah, mm -hmm. I, I felt as though my confidence was like this. I'd have one game, I felt as though I played well, and you, you'd maybe had a game where you struggled, the team struggled, and you did you, as a winger, the game, and then my confidence was down here, and I was always constantly up and down. It's, I think in modern society, we all talk, talk about mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health, but. We were actually doing the actually help or support mm -hmm. that. So we had a psychologist, and we've not got one this year due to the finances, but we had a psychologist and previously that would come in one day a week and she would spend maybe two hours with the players. So a 30 minute session with yourself, and I'd work around all the players on a monthly basis. Then we'd do a group session. Okay. So it's things like that, just it's pretty normal getting beaten on Saturday. You don't want, I don't mean it's pretty normal, but it's going to harm. How do we deal sure. with it? We're going to go on a runny fixtures this year where we might not win a single point in six games. Mm, sure. But see when you isolate the season and look back, it's, all, it's pretty normal. Uh, uh, but tell yourself that after three defeats. So I try and manage and coach on a, a, a daily, weekly basis. I'm not really bored about what happened <clears throat> against Aberdeen on Saturday. It's gone, it's done. Aye, it's like a good result. That's a good result. you got a point at him. You don't get to enjoy it, but, yeah, sure. but I don't really want to enjoy it because if I've spent too much enjoying that, I'm going to be really, really down in the defeats. Yeah, There's a lot of defeats coming our way this season. It's normal. It's like that's it. I'd come for junior football to Hamilton. I was having a torrid time and that just not settled well. Was and then I came on, I came off the bench to get to St Johnson. I took a Maisie and I scored. I was high. Yeah, and, and then, and then, ninetieth minute, the ball broke to the edge box. And I tried to take a couple of boys on the edge of the box. Got taken off me. Whipped in. They scored, knocked us out the cup, and then the that chairman, sounds like Scotland, England. Aye, uh, and the chairman <laughs> was devastated, mate. And then the, the chairman George Fairley came up to me at the time. He was like, "Look, George Fairley was at Bonnes, wasn't he?" Aye, aye. He was like a great lad, and he came up to me and he put his arm away and said, "Look, you just got you got yourself too excited when you scored. You were on cloud nine, and that you need to keep your mind clear. He's like, never get too high when things are going well. Never get too it's, low. Just keep yourself level." We can we take that the business. We, Again, it's it's like usual be seasonal, eh? There'll be times of the month of the year where you're oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Every <laughs> month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is, but I, 
do you know what? It's pretty normal, and I'm saying like when we and how we pick points up, I don't really care as long as I'm above tenth and above coming the end of the season. So whether we're 11, 12, I'm not really bored. It's a marathon, it's not a sprint. As Livingston's like the goal every but year, just like, let's say. I think we've got to be in bit Do you aim higher? It's probably like you guys. It's, it's a business. You're managing a project. Like, mm -hmm. So if we're sitting seventh when match day 30, we've got a chance to top six. Mm -hmm. You're reassessing your objectives, but don't get away from the, the main objective. And the main objective is staying in the Premier League. And use guys, it'll be turning a profit. Yeah, yeah. You know stay what I mean? Game, game, Always just say it in business. What is it? Turnover's full, profit's king. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you turn over, five, six, seven million. What have you made? Yeah. What's your profit margin? Do you know what I mean? So it's a wee bit similar. Again, we've learned over, over the years. Eh? Like people the chase turnover. Oh, turnovers okay. are relevant yeah. if your net profits. <laughs> no, there. No, Aye, that's, that's business. Like you say, you're, you're Go see, business. I'm coaching you guys. Yeah, you're like a mentor. Yeah, right? see, uh, see one of the things in football, everyone tries to be sort of modern and like forward things. Do you think like Livingston are ahead of the trend with all this sort of stuff? Probably a wee bit behind the trend, but in where we are in terms of our views, players we're getting from other clubs in terms of Premier League clubs. There are some fantastic clubs out there that spend a vast amount of money doing it. Perfect. Perfect. Um, we've brought players in from other clubs and I said, God, I didn't, I didn't think I thought oh, Livingston was, it was just the 3G part that got used points. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They don't actually realise what goes on on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, the information, the coaching information, the video analysis, all the information we're trying to, I'm trying to educate and that's what we are, we're educators. And how do I educate players? Like I think historically, or it's maybe perceived you're out there shouting at players, it's only a small part of it. We've done, again, you have maybe done this in your business, the insights. Have you done this with the employees? Fire a red, a green, a yellow? No? No, no, no. You need to do it, and I'll show you. So, it, it, for, for talking to it yourself, I'll use Mark. So, Mark on the part might only pick up the information that I'm giving him, 30%. He might be what we call it, a tactile learner. So, out in the park. You might you use guys will probably be a wee bit higher, right? But a modern day football pick up a lot of that information via visual. Because I've grew up in iPads, I've grew up in phones. Then you've got the audio aspect, sitting talking, sitting talking in my room, talking in training or talking during the video. And then you've got the tactile element that's out in the park. But you'll be amazed at how different people learning's abilities are. So we try and deliver our coaching sessions through all the three mediums. So we're out there coaching, speaking tactile, it's on the park, but we're also in here doing as much video as we possibly can. One boy's learning maybe that way, yeah. another so, I'm, I'm not more of a visual learner. Like, see if you speak, say something uh, to me, but if you show me something... Yeah, so, and that, like, I went to uni. Who then you go to uni? You went to uni, yeah. eh? So you go into lectures. You, you don't, you take, that. if you went to <laughs> lectures, right? But you take notes. I went as a mature student. Now, I was in there with some younger kids that probably never took notes and they winged it through university. I had to apply myself or I wouldn't have got through uni. So I went into university and I used to take notes on the, le the, the slides we got for that lecture. And then come the end of the eight, that eight-week period, I'd look through my highlighted notes. I would write them down, all the highlighted points. I would then turn that into a Word document and then I would read it. And I know if I'd done that four-step process, I would pass my exam and get an A. Do you know what I mean? Because I knew what I had to do to apply myself and learn for that. So I try and say, boys, take notes. Go home, watch your video, take notes. But in a, a male environment, because it's a, it's the men's game I'm coaching in, 
poison will come in here, we know pad and take notes, you'll get slaughtered. But why not? Because if you write it down, you'll remember it when 60% more. It's always that perception if you've done the extra. Oh, come know. on. Honestly, I know, that I know. What, that's what it was. One of the like, players we played with, Andy Dorman, mm-hmm. that went on to play for Crystal Palace, he was one of the only people that asked for the video every week. Yeah. This is before you got, but asked for the video yeah, every week. And watched the, the, you watched the video, video of the game every week. Uh, the difference I've seen in certain players, I'll name them over the years, where I know they take the video, so they, they all get access to the videos. But the ones actually in their day off, we go and sit in a coffee shop and sit, watch that 20, 30 minutes and take notes. The oh, difference yeah. that made to their game throughout the season, because you know what they're doing, they're educating themselves yeah. in football. Yeah. That sort of stuff would suit us nowadays, yeah. you know, because yeah, you know, like, the way we are. With Quite the business, intellectual like, uh, and academic. Just, uh, aye, but just even with the, like the analytics we're doing with the business the data and stuff whereas yeah. if you could transfer what we're doing now back in our football game yeah. I know, 20 years ago the younger you yeah. could you I, listen that's the problem I, then, I, I wouldn't have do you think no, all the no, things no. you've gone through at uni all the troubles yeah. all the other things has helped you be better at yeah. doing what you're doing yeah right I, now? Think, I think if you can come out the other side of adversity and you're not wanting people going through adversity but I do believe there's a certain amount of, you need a wee bit of adversity in your life, uh-huh. challenges uh-huh. to uh-huh. kick you on yeah, ears. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that's got a modicum of success, I'm, I'm not so sure they've not went through a bit of adversity yeah, sure. at some point in their business yeah, or try to get the business up or is this their sixth business? Uh-huh. Like, I think you've got to challenge yourself. People, you've got to, people sometimes only look at it from the outside yeah. going, ah, they're just... They don't, the they don't realise how hard that is. They see the, the build-up no, to that. But also, to come back yourself, again. like yourselves, the, the time spent away from the family, from the kids, yeah. trying to run your own business. Uh, it's not easy. Fun, just like, like, we beating a Saturday and we're in training on a Sunday and you're getting slaughtered on social media and you're missing and you're wee ones like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, why are you doing this? You know, like, nobody cares. Like, you went for the best manager in the world to the worst manager in the world Aye. and we've not seen you for six months. And I think that's why you've really got to enjoy what you do. Yeah. Like, that's what gets you through those yeah, times. Like sure. you say, with the business, we really enjoy what we do. So if there's difficult times you come, you push power through it. Yeah. Whereas if, you didn't enjoy it. Yeah, you just sat off, off didn't you? Yeah, you just you got, you got again, you go back to your passion. Yeah. You, I think you've got to have a passion for what you do. Mm. And I've came across boys in football. And, Do you watch game last night? No, I don't watch football. Like, what? Mm. Play football, you don't watch it. And everybody's different. I don't watch it as much anymore. I used to, when I played football, I was... I don't. I don't particularly watch. Mm-hmm. I probably watch golf now more. Uh, it's like uh, Callum, who works in our warehouse, he's the operations manager. He's now the 16s coach for you guys. Is he? Uh, Callum McDonald. Right. Okay. Mr. Football. Mr. I swear, man, he loves it. Like even like he just like. What's he like? He asked me to come to a game the other day. It was like Alamo versus, and I was like, mate, no, nah, I've got no interest. In me, me, and Callum, we grew up together. Went to school together. Through Dundee youth together, it's a passion, and I think just got an absolute if, passion for the game. If you so. want to be a coach and you're, you're willing to start at that level, he's you've got to be passionate. Just came in, how long has he been here? Maybe six months. There's a big turnaround with academy coaches, to be honest. So it was the tail end of last season, and obviously the summer break. Yeah, and just started back. So I've not met him to be fair, but there is generally a big turnaround with the. It's just an attitude for the game. I think that translates over to the players. Your your passion and your emotion translates over to the players. And I would like to think when my players cross that white line on Saturday, it's a kind of 
production of my environment yeah. or a product of my environment and my passion, my hunger, my emotions translates into the players on the park. I support Liverpool and I, I, like obviously Jurgen Klopp's amazing at doing it, yeah. isn't he? Like his team is just a sort of embodiment of him um, on the football park, isn't it? Pep, Arteta, Diego, Aye, like yes. Simeone. Aye. You look at Atletico, like it's him, Mourinho, yeah, it's yeah, him. It's, it's like their teams replicate them. So, but I think that then comes from the passion. Mm-hmm. Are you in football for the right reason and the passion? And there's nobody in this building that's in football for the the money. Ah, It'd all be nice that. to go and do that and get that and have that. And that's what's obviously. Your, what's your thoughts on the Saudi stuff that's happening? Around I, don't, that? I just think it's evolutionary football. Ah, that's what I think as well. It's like, and like the English Premier League's been doing it for well, years to a different exactly degree. That, yeah. It's just so, like mad, mad. They don't like somebody else. They don't change or somebody else coming in and doing the same it's thing. Going it's going to happen. Make it out as if like, it's a big thing, but it's like they like say they've done it to the Scottish League. So in years. five years' time, the Saudi League's going to could be one of the top five leagues mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. Quite easily. But it's brand. It's branding. Yeah. yeah. You can't. You can't do something successfully and then not expect somebody else to want to. To have that or, yeah. or yeah. do something. You see, something the Saudis were like that with the golf. They went to the live golf and yeah. they're thinking, well, we just, I think they actually almost but just want to be accepted. They've got to pay a wee bit more entice him over. It's like Ross County pay a wee bit more than they probably need to get the boys up the highlands. It's business. Right. Economics. It's almost as far as Saudi Arabia, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> He's not trying to get a warehouse over there. Get your warehouse. Stephen Gerrard wearing the beans by your tracksuit. I'll just maybe move to Dubai for uh, it. For an orcal to tracksuit, I'll give you his number, right? I'm only going to. better up that guy. No, thanks very much for. Uh, I don't know if you've got any other questions. No, no, that was brilliant. brilliant. Thanks very much. Cool. Not nice to meet you. Uh, I know you're going to project. shoot off the Rangers game. I saw. I'm. I am looking forward to tonight. To be fair, um, they've got a few new signings, haven't they? Aye, aye. I'm. Listen, first, I'm kind of. I want them to do well for Scottish football. That like every single teams in Europe. I'm a. I'm a Hibs fan. I'm a Hearts fan. I'm a Celtic fan. I'm a Rangers fan. I'm an Aberdeen fan. I'm a Scottish football fan. But one part of me has gone well. See, they don't win the night. That crowd, <laughs> that crowd could be pretty hostile on Saturday. So, that's my Livingston hat. That's my Livingston hat, and I'll always wear my Livingston hat before anything else. So, I, I look forward to the game tonight. Mm-hmm. I look forward. Appreciate it. Yeah. Right. Thanks very much. Cheers, lads. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, guys.